0: WTBN, Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries.
1: You know, some people say that, well, most people know about Christ. Why tell them? Listen, they don't know about Christ. They may know some facts about his life about his death. They may even read their Bibles. They may go to church, but this doesn't mean they know him personally. Most people do not know Christ personally. No matter what they speak of, no matter what they say, if they've never trusted his finished work for the forgiveness of their sins, they don't know Christ. Most people think that heaven is earned by doing good deeds, and if that's the case, then they aren't trusting Christ, they're trusting themselves, and they need to hear about eternal life being an absolutely free gift. Witnessing is the responsibility of every Christian. Some of us
2: are better at witnessing than others, but that doesn't mean only those with a special gift or theological training should be sharing our faith. Well, the excuses are many, but none of them will stand in the face of the scriptural truths that we will hear today on Verse by Verse. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Peter Silseth, and I welcome you to Verse by Verse. Pastor Steve Kreloff is taking us through a short series of lessons on the essentials for Christian growth. Bible study is one of those essentials, prayer and church attendance are two others. And today, Pastor Steve begins a two part message about the fourth essential witnessing. No one knows who belongs to the initials BFB. All we know is that he left small drawings and quotes inside the Washington Monument during the 19th century. These were discovered many years ago during a remodeling project. They were not your typical graffiti. Here's an example. Whoever is the human instrument under God in the conversion of one soul erects a monument to his own memory more lofty and enduring than this. And still all too often, we who know the only cure for death itself guard that secret more closely than KFC guards their recipe for fried chicken. If you can follow along in your Bible, I would encourage you to do so. Now here's Pastor Steve.
1: Up until now, we have focused upon those truths that help us to grow spiritually as a member of God's family. We've looked at the Bible as spiritual food sent from our Heavenly Father to nourish us. We've looked at prayer as the way we can open our hearts to to our Father in Heaven, by which we cry, the Bible says He's put His Spirit in in us, by which we cry, Abba, Father, Papa, Daddy. Daddy. We've also looked at the local church as the opportunity for fellowship with others in the family of God. And so we've concerned ourselves with the family of God and growing within that family. Now today we want to talk about witnessing to those who are outside the family of God. By now there's a growing excitement about your new life in Christ. You're reading your Bibles, you're praying, you're attending a local church. But you can't forget that there's a world of people who don't know the joy that comes with knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior and Master. And we can't just be so concerned about growing in the family that we forget that there are many people outside of the family. They don't know the freedom that comes from having their sins forgiven. They don't know the assurance of heaven. In fact, most people don't even know that there is a message in the Bible on how they can get to heaven. And that's where we come into the picture. God's plan for communicating the message of salvation is to have those who already know Christ tell others about him. The Bible calls this witnessing. Witnessing. Those who are part of the family have the great privilege of telling others who are not part of the family of God how they can become sons and daughters of the Lord. Today I want to ask and answer three basic questions about this thing that the Bible calls witnessing. We want to look at, first of all, why should we witness? That's a good question. Why should anyone witness? Then we want to look at, to whom should we witness? Who is it that we actually speak to? And then, number three, how do we witness? Just how do we communicate this message of salvation? Well, first of all, why should we witness? There's one basic reason to this answer, rather, to this question, and it's because the Lord Jesus Christ commanded us to witness. We're commanded in the Word of God to witness. Just before Jesus ascended and went back to be with the Father... He told his disciples this in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. We're to go, and we're to make disciples. That is, we we are to go in our daily lives. As we're going through life, we're to be telling others about the Lord Jesus Christ. Mark says that, that we are to go and preach the gospel to every creature. You see, if the Lord Jesus Christ is really your Lord then you must obey him, and you'll want others to know him. No one who knows Christ can be content to keep that to himself. We must share the truth that others can know him. If you really have recognized who Jesus Christ is, and have received the gift of eternal life, then your heart's desire is for others to know him, and for others to experience the joy that comes with salvation. But why does he command us to witness? Why are we told to witness to others? Because this is the only way that a person can come to know Christ. I want you to turn your Bibles to Romans. Romans chapter 10. And I want you to see that this is God's plan. God could have chosen any plan. God could have chosen uh, skywriting. God could have chosen angels to convey the message. God could have could have chosen uh, stones or trees to cry out. But he didn't. He chose people. Romans chapter 10 verse 13 says this, for whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And isn't that wonderful? If you call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. But the apostle Paul then asks some questions. He says, how then shall they call upon him in whom they've Not believed, how then shall they call upon him in whom they've not believed? How can you call upon someone if you don't believe in him? Good question. He then goes on to say, and how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? How can they believe in Christ if they've never heard about Christ? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now, Paul doesn't mean that you have to be in the pulpit. He's not talking about that kind of a preacher. How can they how can they hear without someone who will proclaim the message? That's what he means. And how shall they proclaim the message, he says? Unless they're sent. See, God sends us. God sends us. Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings of good things. You didn't know that your feet are beautiful. If they're spreading the gospel, if they're walking to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ, then they're beautiful feet. And then he says in verse 17, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word God of Christ the word about the Lord Jesus Christ you see the Bible teaches that heaven and hell are real places those who have never accepted Christ are going to spend eternity in hell and the only way they can be delivered from hell is by accepting Christ's free gift of eternal life and the only way they'll hear about this free gift of eternal life is if you and I tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But who's to tell others the word of God? We are. Every one of us is responsible to do that. And I want to caution you at this point. I want to get a little theological here. Please don't think that God is going to let anyone into heaven who hasn't trusted Christ. Some people believe that. Some people believe that God is going to let everyone into heaven. That's just not true. That's not what the Bible teaches. In fact, that is just opposite what the Bible teaches. Jesus spoke more about the reality of hell than he did about heaven. No matter how religious a person is, he's not going to heaven without Christ. No matter how morally good a person is, it makes no difference. They're still sinners who've broken God's law, and they need to accept God's provision for their sin. Does the Bible say this specifically? Yes, it does in Acts chapter 4 in Acts chapter 4 the Apostle Peter said this 412 to be precise he said and there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved it is only by trusting in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done for us on the cross that, it, that anyone can go to heaven they can't get there by being good. They can't get there by being religious. Now I mention that tonight because this is one of the things that I really struggled with in the early days of my Christian life. My grandfather was a very religious man, extremely religious. And he was very sincere about, he, about what he believed. And as I was growing in my faith in the early days of knowing the Lord, I was confronted with that truth that no matter how religious He was, no matter how morally good he was, no matter how sincere he was, that he was not in heaven with the Lord because he died in his sins without accepting God's provision. And I had to make a decision. I had to make a decision whether I was going to uh, listen to my emotions or listen to what the Word of God said. And I made that decision that I would submit to the authority of the Word of God. And you need to also. So don't be don't be deceived into thinking that people don't need to hear the gospel because they can go to heaven without Christ. No, they can't go to heaven without Christ because only he offers forgiveness of our sins. And please don't be naive and think that most Americans believe in Christ. You know, some people say that. Well, most people know about Christ. Why tell them? Listen, they don't know about Christ. They may know some facts about his life about his death they may even read their bibles they may go to church but this doesn't mean they know him personally most people do not know christ personally no matter what they speak of no matter what they say if they've never trusted his finished work for the forgiveness of their sins they don't know christ most people think that heaven is earned by doing good deeds and if that's the case then they aren't trusting christ they're trusting themselves and they need to hear about eternal life being an absolutely free gift. Witnessing is the responsibility of every Christian. Some some Christians try to relinquish this responsibility, and they come up with all kinds of excuses to try to justify their disobedience. How do I know this? Because I've done it myself. And so, let me just for a few moments deal with some of these excuses. And maybe you've already, been, uh, you've already been asking these in your own mind, or maybe you will be asking these in your own mind. So let me just try to meet them head on and deal with some of these excuses. One excuse is this. It goes something like this. It's the pastor's job to witness. He's trained for this, not me. Didn't he go to Bible school at seminary to learn how to witness? The answer to that is, no, it's not his job as a pastor to witness. It's his job as a Christian, as an individual Christian to witness, but it's not his job to be the professional evangelist. His job and main responsibility is to equip you so that you can carry on your ministry. If only people understood that, how many people think that they simply uh, can bring their unsaved friends to the church assembly and, and on Sunday and the church service, and then they'll introduce them to the pastor, and then it's all taken care of. That's all they're responsible to do. No, that's not not the case. A pastor's job is to teach you and feed you the Word of God and equip you that you might grow strong in Him and that you might be able to, having grown strong and in the process of growing strong, be able to witness effectively to others. At our church, Lakeside Community Chapel, uh, we feel so strongly about the ministry of equipping others to witness that we have uh, a ministry called Evangelism Explosion. And Evangelism Explosion... It's a four-month course that is specifically designed to to, uh, train you to know how to effectively share your faith. And if you're interested in that, you can speak to one of the pastors and one of the leaders in the church, and they'll give you more information about that. So, is it the pastor's job to witness for everyone to be the professional witness? No. Another excuse, it goes something like this. I can't witness if I'm not theologically trained. What if I don't know the answers to their questions? let me say this that witnessing isn't a matter of theological knowledge nor is it a matter of having the ability to answer questions and to dispute arguments. When a person takes the witness stand in a court of law he simply is required to state what he saw, what he heard and what he experienced. That's all. Just tell us the facts. What you saw, what you heard, what you experienced. Nothing more, nothing less. When we witness for Christ that all that God tells us we're to do. We're to simply state what we know to be the truth. What we know to be the facts based on the word of God. We're to state our experience. What we've experienced based on the word of God. That's all. Nothing more, nothing less. And remember this, no one is saved because you can answer their questions. I've answered many people's questions who never accepted Christ as their savior. No one is saved because you know all the answers to the arguments. No one is saved because you can answer all their questions. Now, it's good to know the answers to those questions, but it's not necessary to witness. Just tell them your experience of salvation based on the word of God. Another excuse. Some people say witnessing isn't for today. It was only for the apostles because the world hadn't yet heard about Christ in the first century. Now... We don't need to be so zealous about our faith. We don't need to tell others about our faith because everybody's heard of Christ. Well, that's not really the case. It is not just for the apostles. It is for everyone. In fact... Acts chapter 8, verse 4 says this. Now, there was a persecution going on in the city of Jerusalem. And the Bible says, therefore, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. Persecution fell upon the believers at Jerusalem. The Bible says they scattered everywhere, which means they left Jerusalem. They went all over the Roman Empire. And the Bible says they were proclaiming the word of God. Now, the interesting thing about that is, if you look at verse 14 of Acts chapter 8, we read this. Now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God they sent them Peter and John. The point is this everyone but the apostles went all through the Roman Empire proclaiming the word of God the apostles stayed back in Jerusalem. It was others who brought the uh, the area of Samaria the word of God and the apostles didn't. The point that I'm making the point that the word of God makes is that it's everyone's responsibility to proclaim the message of the gospel, not just the apostles. They were they were the first, but thank God they're not the last. If that was the case, then no one would have shared with you the message of salvation. Somebody told you about Jesus because they heard the message from someone else, who heard it from someone else, who heard it right back to the apostles. And we're to carry on that torch of eternal life. People are just as much in need of Christ today. Whether they've heard the name of Christ or not is not the issue. Have they trusted Christ? Another excuse, and here's one that many people say and many people let them get away with, but I won't let you get away with this because it's wrong. I witness only by my good works, not by verbalizing my faith. What that's saying is this. I don't say anything, I just have people look at my life and when they see that my life is so wonderful, then they'll approach me and say, why are you so different? And then I'll have opportunity to tell them about Christ. Well, it's true, and I'm going to say more about this in just a few moments. It's true that we're to witness by our life, but it's not true that we're to only witness by our life. What happens if you only witness by your life? If your good works are all that you want people to see and you never verbalize the message? First of all, they won't come and ask you why you're different. If they do, it is a rarity of rarities. They will not come and ask you why you're different. You know what they'll do? They'll just conclude that you're a good moral person. And it'll only strengthen their belief in man's innate goodness. Now that's absolutely false. We don't want to strengthen people's belief in man's goodness because man is not good, the Bible says. They'll just conclude that you're moral and they'll miss the whole point of the gospel. They'll miss the whole point that people are sinners and they need salvation. You'll give them just the opposite message. I'm certain that I went to junior high school and high school with young people who were believers, but you know, to my knowledge, not one person ever came up to me in all the years that I was in school and ever told me about the Lord Jesus Christ you don't want that to happen we want to verbalize what we what we believe we want to tell them why we're different if you only keep quiet they'll conclude you're a moral nice person and that is absolutely erroneous so why should we witness because the lord jesus christ has commanded us to witness and if he's really our lord we submit to his commands and we want others to know how wonderful he is but what about this question to whom should we witness? Does God want us to go all around the world and and be an evangelist and hold crusades? That might be his plan for some, but for most people it's not. Who should you begin witnessing to? What should you do? What are the first steps? Who should you speak to? Where is your audience? It's very simple. The Lord has placed you in a variety of relationships with people. There's a whole network of people that you interact with on a regular basis. Your family, your friends, your business associates, your classmates, your neighbors. All these people are are people you see and speak to on a regular basis. They already are your captive audience. Begin by telling those closest to you, about the greatest news they could ever possibly hear. We talk about so many things. We talk about news, we talk about politics, we talk about sports, and yet we keep silence about the most important thing, and that is the good news, the best news, the greatest news about the Lord Jesus Christ. But let's not think that we can only uh, reduce our witnessing to people we know well. That's a start. We ought to speak to those we know best, but let's not think that our, that our job is finished when we speak to those we know well. We need to take advantage of the scores of opportunities to witness for Christ as we move through life. We're to grab hold of the opportunities. We're to seize the opportunities that the Lord puts before us. This is the way Jesus uh, walked. This is the way Jesus lived his life. He used countless opportunities to present himself to others. He spoke to a thirsty woman one day about quenching her thirst with the words of eternal life. The waters of eternal life. The words of eternal life with himself. He told a hungry crowd one day that he could feed their souls with the bread of life. You see, he saw their need, and he said, I can meet that need. One night he told a proud religious leader that he needed to experience new life in Christ. You see the Lord Jesus uh, lay. he just seized every opportunity to present himself he used the simple things in life to communicate the gospel and the Lord today can and will give you all kinds of opportunities to witness for him. If you have the opportunity to travel in an airplane as I have and the airplane drops down and people clutch and hold on to their seats what a great opportunity to tell them about how perhaps you used to fear death but no longer do you fear death now that if we crashed you could say I'd know that I'd go to heaven what a great opportunity that is and you've got certainly a captive audience they're not going anywhere in an airplane or how about a, a salesman who's come to to sell you a product after he's finished Speaking to you about the product he wants to sell, what a great opportunity to say. You know I 'd like to ask you some questions now, and what I 'd like to ask you questions about is not something that I 'm selling, but it's the greatest gift that 's ever been offered. and then explain about the gift of eternal life. Or how about you mothers who speak to other mothers in your neighborhood who are frustrated with their children and frustrated with, with life and frustrated with just the hectic routine that they have? You can speak to them about the peace and the strength and the joy that the Lord Jesus Christ offers and gives the key thing is that we're to witness for Christ and you you've got to be with people and that's the key thing to remember as you witness for Christ if you're going to be an effective witness you must be with people who need Jesus don't lose contact with your unsaved friends now you won't want to participate with them in sinful activities but don't forsake them Jesus was with sinners and that's the people who need the gospel
2: It is so wonderfully comfortable for us as Christ followers to be around others of the same mind that going out among people with a totally different worldview can be pretty uncomfortable. But God did not call us to be comfortable. He called us to be his witnesses. And to do that, we need to do what Jesus did, spend time with the lost. I recently read that the Gospels record 132 contacts that Jesus had with people. Six were in the temple, four were in synagogues, and 122 were out with the people in the mainstream of life. I want to thank you for joining us today for Verse by Verse. Pastor Steve Queloff is our teacher as we explore some of the essentials of Christian living. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you would like to listen again to today's class, please visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. Or you could order a CD or a cassette with the entire two-part message by calling us at 727-239-0306. Please join us for the next Verse by Verse and the final lesson in this series on the essentials of Christian living. I hope to see you then.
0: You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's Verse by W 262 CP.